Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cave of the Cross Apologetics. I am Patrick, and we're taking a pause from our book, What About Evil? Uh, we've uh, presented Scott Christensen's uh, Theodicy, and so we figured we'd pause after three episodes, give you a break, go back, watch all the short clips, uh, figure out that uh, uh, we probably did a horrible job. You go by the book, and you realize, oh, that's what he was talking about. So uh, we're, we're kind of giving you a, a breather episode. And uh, I figured we talked theology nerdy. Now I want to bring in all the all the Star Trek references that I've had, uh, all the time travel, uh, just just all the nerdy references that I've had in the episode, and so we're gonna we're gonna focus them in with, of course, uh, bringing in the Christian worldview and how to approach a good sci-fi fantasy and 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 what to do. And so uh, I'm, I'm bringing in uh, my friend from Twitter, who uh, I've just introduced. See, Twitter can be a beautiful place; it brings people together. And so, uh, Katie Room. Yep. That's correct. Okay, good. Uh, the, she's the uh, lead writer for Periapsis Press, uh, periapsis.com, and she has an English uh, literature degree and experience in, as a writing tutor and editor. And so, Katie, uh, thank you for coming on and uh, talking nerdy with me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I, I always feel like when I make the, the Star Trek references, so I'm, I'm a TOS guy, uh, but, you know, I, I, I enjoy my Deep Space Nine, the darker version and and, and stuff like that. So I, I feel like I, I might hit like Tony's uh, uh, a group of people that, that might watch our show, but I feel like I have to be like, okay, Kirk's not just this amalgamation of like, uh, uh, you know, a womanizing guy. He's, he's actually a really good captain. And I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm the last bastion of like my generation that really likes Captain Kirk. So, <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. So um, Periapsis Press, uh, can you kind of uh, tell us uh, uh, what, what your site is and who your target audience is? Sure. Uh, so Periapsis Press started with as kind of a reaction. Uh, my husband, David Room, uh, published, I think it was in 2019, his first book, Uriel's Revenge. And it's a sci-fi book. Um, and we were sort of exposed to uh, indie publishing for the first time. And sort of realized that there wasn't a lot out there as far as help for readers in finding good science fiction fantasy to enjoy and that there were there was a lot of desire on the part of indie authors to do uh, things to support one another but there wasn't a lot of time um, and Reading is my hobby and my passion. Um, I, like, in high school, just read everything I could get my hands on. Uh, and sort of coming out of college, wanted to continue to do productive things with my consumption of so much entertainment. So I was already spending a lot of time reading and wanting to create a... Uh, like content with it and it seemed like this was a good match for me so, so are, are you uh are you primarily uh, writing these reviews uh for your indie author uh group of people or uh are, are these are these uh reviews that uh, uh pe people seeking out good uh, uh sci-fi fantasy are, are wanting to come and read i primarily focused on readers so people who are seeking out good sci-fi fantasy. And the reason for that is um, I see a lot of need for stuff that's focused on readers. Um, a lot of book blogging, a lot of authors' blogs, unfortunately, start to tend towards talking to the people who are the same as them. So other bloggers, other authors, where I wanted to design the website so that it would be easy for readers to find stuff. So I have the, the long form reviews so that people can really dig in and decide if something's right for them. But then I also have it set up so that it's easy to just browse by the covers um, in such a way that you know that we recommend the book because we only do positive um, and you can do it without getting any spoilers or whatever. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And I, I, I like how your, uh, your site is set up and, um, 
it, it's nice because you can you can dig into sci-fi or fantasy and you you split those up and we're going to talk about that here in just a second but then you also have what what i always have a hard time is people say oh what are your like top three favorite books and i always have to be like okay we're gonna have to talk about like sci-fi time travel but like time travel in the future not time travel in the past and i really have to like uh really negotiate my my genres of of how i'm gonna break down my list it's you know like asking my favorite movie it's like no sorry like i can tell you what what i've what i've liked in the past six months but uh yeah so i i have have like three books and they're all sci-fi so those are my my go-to one where i'm not taxing myself or the person who's just making polite conversation be like no come on just just tell me and i I don't really care at this point so so yeah i i i I, I like your um your your breakdown so if if i'm looking for kaiju sci-fi there's a section for that or weird Western. I really like that. So yeah, that's, that's <laughs> so, um, so, so yeah, we, uh, so we're talking about kind of two genres, right? Sci-fi fantasy. And, um, <clears throat> um, I, 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 so one of the reasons also to have you on is, um, in Scott Christian's book, what about evil? Um, he wants to present a, a meta narrative overview of, of not just scripture, but world history. And, and those two, uh, interact with each other. And, um, we've also been, uh, I've also been listening to um, uh, J.D. Wilson's um, uh, 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 Stories Are Soul Food podcast, where he was really looking at a, a kind of a, a stories and fiction from a, a Christian worldview. And so I, I'm, I'm getting inundated with a lot of this. So I, I, it, it's, it's stirring up my mind. So what about these two uh, genres? Should we separate or should we not? And we're kind of just talking about them as as kind of the, the consumer culture as and then what, what, what either sets them apart or what, what really defines their, their, their ending. So, you know, uh, Kurt Vonnegut's uh, Slaughterhouse-Five. It's a time travel and aliens, but it's kind of not really. And so it's just sometimes hard to define genres, especially right now when people are trying to deconstruct everything and, and tell anti-hero stories that you don't like the characters and they don't like you as a reader. So it's, it's, it, I, f- I find myself being very uh neurotic as how i could define these genres if, if i tried and i'm all about definitions <laughs> sure uh there's a lot of discussion of, around that um the way that i approach it is from a reader's perspective uh which is how do i find what i want to read next mm-hmm. um Genre splitting is really more of a publishing thing where um, it's to help you target your market to craft reader expectations. Um, So the way that, and it's not perfect, obviously, (laughs) the way that I have approached it is setting-based. So if something is set in space, I say (laughs) sci-fi, straight off the bat. Um, And if it's set in a more um, traditionally fantasy world, um, that's when I say fantasy. Obviously, there's a lot of overlap between the two, and that's what makes it so hard. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I just remember <laughs> going to Barnes Nobles and having to always go to the back. No matter what, what Barnes Nobles you were at, but and, and Barnes Nobles was this bookstore that you went to and purchased books. It was a, a weird concept, and you'd always have to walk all the way in the back, and and like you had to share it with like the the weird art people, and and you know then we could hang out as a collective of of misfits in the back, and and it was always uh um you know walk past the fiction, you walk back to your, past your history. And there, there they were in glorious two shelves. You may have gotten three, which was really nice, but then they added manga to it. And so you kind of lost space in there and it was always sci-fi and fantasy. And so it's, you know, if it's, if it could be set in the world of Tolkien, uh, fantasy, but then you brought in other things like, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, wizards with hockey sticks and you're like, okay, well now it's urban fantasy, but is 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 that sci-fi now because it's in the modern perspective so it, it's really hard to, to fit in but that's also a good thing because then we have more stories to tell and we're not you know having to write there once was a hobbit who lived in a hole type, type right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so i i try to use 
my genre tags as more of a help for readers than as a hard and fast like this is this is a kaiju thriller as opposed to the mech thriller that didn't have kaiju but the kaiju also has mechs <laughs> so, <laughs> if the kaiju has has magic then it's a harder harder one right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> so then um are, are your authors that you're bringing in uh and and we'll, we're kind of uh going to talk about uh, from a Christian perspective. Are, are they uh, only Christians? Are they writing for Christian audiences? Or is is it more your, I guess, uh, your idea is to uh, uh, bring good fiction to uh, a Christian audience? Or or, or is just, um, or is it just from your perspective where, where you're wanting to read just from, or, or recommend from, from your, your worldview? So I think on the about page, I say like, stuff that doesn't come into conflict with our Christian worldview. And like, that's pretty open. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the authors and their stories don't have to be Christian. Um, Like I, we have stories by people. I have no idea, you know, what their religious views are. Um, I try to pick Christian authors um, when I can. But sometimes it's just whatever catches my eye, and then I read it and I decide. Um, we, we, like, I really feel that the um, the idea that all stories point back to God's story is is a, a legitimate one. <laughs> so I don't feel that the stories or the authors have to be Christian per se. Um, because they're going to point back to God if they are good stories. Um, that being said, we, we do try to pick stories that have thematic, uh, messages that are, that are in line with what we believe. Um, not necessarily just about, uh, God, but about, about like the whole, our whole worldview in general. Um, I think that that really opens up a nice diversity of like thematic stuff too, because you get um, authors who are Christian who don't feel like they have to be preaching. Um, Wait, like we have, um, well, Paul Thompson Strasselmeyer, right? He's picking. He's he's got this great focus on a, a social issue. And then I've got people like um, T.J. Marquis' uh, Heroes Metal stuff, where he he tackles the the sovereignty of God, right? Like so, like they run the 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 gambit of interesting topics, but their stories aren't about those things. They just have those as underlying messages. Gotcha. Yeah. So in your about page, you say we are focusing our works on science fiction and fantasy with themes and values that do not come in conflict with our Christian worldview. And so uh, you're writing from a negative perspective there and um, from, from people that read confessions and, and, and statements of faith. And we, 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 we can uh, nuance that uh, up, up, up and down. But uh, so what does the Christian worldview have to do with things that we read and write? Why, why, why can't I just, uh, sit down with a book and just open it and go on. And if it's, if it's bad, I can go, Oh, I didn't like this or, uh, Ooh, there's some icky words in here and, and I can just, just brush past them and, and, and be fine with them. So what, what, what about our Christian worldview should inform both the things that we read and write? Well, that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that, where we're coming at it from Periopsis Press, at least, is that we want to, we don't have to be preaching as authors um, in our books to be making a difference, but at the same time, we want to be presenting stories and, and ideas that make people reflect a bit, they turn towards, towards God's story. Um, 
we want to to be a good a good witness in that sense um, as far as reading and consuming media um, I think it's important that we are putting truth into our minds even if it's not um, like like the Bible right we want to be putting the Bible into our minds obviously but with our entertainment we want to be consuming a narrative that is going to influence us positively. So not just with values, but with how we, how we understand the world to work, uh, particularly things like um, themes like um, redemption and um, forgiveness and thing and things that would um, help us to have a Christ perspective in that sense, even if it's got a few icky words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, um, uh, Scott Christian's book that we're reading, um, uh, and I, I'm, I'm sure he's pulling from other places too, but uh, he does a really good job. He talks about uh, um, stories that are. Uh, the tragedies and comedies. So, uh, so everything is can uh, a good story is boiled down to the tragedies, meaning uh, at the end of Hamlet, everyone dies, and the the, the theme that's supposed to be taken away is this is what th- this is what uh, re- vengeance causes: death, death in the soul, death in the the physical characters, death in the family, death in uh, the 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 fabric of society. And so, um, so we we see we see the need for. Uh, uh, justice and judgment to, to come in there, or uh, comedy is the the redemption story arc. And uh, what what better uh, example can I point to than the death and resurrection of Christ? It c- comes down as as, as a tragedy. Uh, you know, p- people are hiding away, the knocks at the door, and they're scared. Uh, only the women are brave enough to 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 venture out, and then they come back and bring bring forth the good news of the the comedy of why are you why are you hiding? Why why are you here in in this in this locked room? Go. And and you know and 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 go go see that death is overcome. That's the the biggest comedy right there is is uh, is is everything. Uh, the tiny tiny village of Bethlehem, a a, a servant uh, leader, uh, uh, someone not of, of of the priestly line, not of of society, and and Rome is still standing at the end. Like that's the the, the almost the comedy of errors of 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 our thinking process, and so. Um, or, or, or I, I, I always think back to um, uh, Richard Dawkins. Always has like this critique of the story of Lot, where he goes in and and you know you have the strangers come in and the the village shows up and they they want to do all the nefarious things to his visitors and he throws out, well take my daughters, and he says, well that's just evil, that's just that's wrong. Yeah, that that's the point of of the story is Lot is in the mix with these people of Sodom and Gomorrah and. We have to realize that he's at the at the the precipice of the gate. He's welcoming people. He's probably a, a leader. And it's not really until like the New Testament that we find out that Lot is saved, and we're 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 waiting until Hebrews eleven to where to where we can to figure out the the the, the kind of the uh the the, the God I perspective of of Lot's uh, ending. And so it's 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 uh it's seeing things like offering up daughters to 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 be sacrificed to the crowd that's a bad thing or you know uh, jesus telling stories of of um of wrong um, uh, judges that are just so annoyed by somebody that they give justice and so you know it, he compares even god to this bad judge to make this story point and so he's telling the in stories and so that's that's what we can see being made in the image of god and we we see um from a christian perspective uh, as you were saying, that, that that all a lot of these stories, when they when they reflect reality, even though we're talking about going up in space and aliens and uh, giant monsters with with squishy parts, um, or or sci-fi with uh, plasma cannons, um, we're still in in order for us to read that, we have to have a a, a touchstone, and that's usually reality. You know? So, like Harry Potter. Uh, for all the the evil magic that's in there, uh, we we understand like 
the kid in the closet uh, who's who's uh, ostracized. Well, I think it touched a lot of people because there's a lot of people that read books like Harry Potter who are ostracized underneath the, the stairs. And, you know, I, I spent most of my time uh, uh, reading Ender's Game for my college uh, uh, introduction. And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm really in a good book right now. So as long as I'm not signing up for classes, uh, I'm, 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 I'm going along with Ender and I'm trying to defeat the aliens. And then I realize I might be the monster. Like that, that's an amazing uh, point that I can, I can touch back on and say, okay, uh, from a Christian perspective, as I'm going to filter everything through because I, I, that's, that's my, my, my basis for reality, my basis for knowledge, my basis for concepts of justice or goodness. Um, I, I, I can, um, have a point reference where that story, um, has both a tragedy and maybe a comedy aspect or only a tragedy. And so, um, that's what I like about sci-fi is that it, it, it prevents, it presents new, um, new settings where we can talk about it. And I, I, I always go back to Star Trek episodes where it's like, yeah, they're, they're set in space and there's silly creatures with, with plastic and, you know, you, you've got really bad fight scenes, but does war have to take place where destruction violence happens? And then there's a lottery system that comes in and, and you're, you're, you're having society be the, the protected, but then the people are just in the way. And so you're protecting society at the end spoilers is that Kirk launches missiles and destruction happens. And he says, no, war has to be violent because humanity has to hate war. It can't be blase about death and killing. It can't be this lottery system where they, they bring stuff in. I, I, I really like those stories that really kind of challenge the ideas of like, Oh, well, is Kirk the bad guy in that? Cause I mean, he just launched a bunch of missiles at, at uh, uh, works of art that have been preserved for thousands of years. And he comes in and, and uh, you know the the it was the prime directive violated and stuff like that. So um, yeah, the, the, um, j- uh, one of the again one of the reasons why I I wanted to bring you on and talk about this stuff is because I'm I'm getting uh, new information on just how to read things and not just consume things. So it's 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 really um, I've, I have a lot to say that I'm I'm at this point rambling and I'm sure this is like three audience members that are going to watch it. I agree that sci-fi and fantasy, they, uh, they make a good vehicle for exploring themes in a deeper way, maybe because you get caught up in the, the descriptions and the, the, the cool factor of what all these characters are doing. Uh, but then because you're not bound by actual history or actual reality there aren't things that uh intrude i like for example i know that there have been comments on books that were set in 2020 before all of the pandemic stuff hit and people just get completely taken out of the story because they're like this didn't happen (laughs) (laughs) yeah and but with sci-fi and fantasy you're able to set things up the way that you as an author want them and as a reader you're able to explore through exploring a new world different ideas that you might not come across in your everyday life yeah um one of my favorite books if you were to ask me like one of my top three books is H.G. Uh, Wells' War of the Worlds. Um, there's not a lot. So, uh, you know, Martians come down and, and destroy the world type deal. Um, what I like is the cast of characters that you meet. Um, you don't really meet a whole lot. But who you do is like he's a reporter. Then you meet uh, the partisan. So um, uh, I, I, I might be pulling from the musical version because I like all things War of the Worlds. So Brother Nathaniel. Um uh, so you, you have a, a priest there, then you have the artilleryman who comes in and, you know, he, he has grand ideas, but not the fortitude to carry them out, uh, type, uh, type deal. And then you have a love interest and then, you know, throughout the, the Martians are, are there and they seem just a force of nature. And so, um, uh, the, the, the ideas of thinking about 
society and the big things like the military or society or how people would react to uh, to that and what what good can come from that and uh, and of course we're reading it from Wells's perspective who probably isn't the the, the top notch Christian that uh, that I want him to be uh, especially uh, what he did later in life but um, you know it, it is is the religious sect uh, are they helpful in this, this situation and then you know what's the big takeaway is uh, through the our our military might our society our our um our structures our organization uh it's all taken away from us and what defeats the the ultimate bad guy is the thing that you can't see it's the thing that that they came for and it killed them and so it's it's uh the 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 blankness at the end it's not a uh you know and and on this day we shall declare our independence day it's there's no speech like that although i love that speech but there there's just death and disease and destruction and then society pops out and goes okay what now and so i really like even from an even from a not christian story uh that 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 group of characters, that that message, is something that um, that is really interesting to think about. Once you, what, what you know, you do your one read, and you're like, oh, cool, Martians destruction, 1800s. This is really neat. And uh, what does this say about war to us? And that's your kind of second read through, and those those stories that stay with you, and you read over again, and you realize, oh, th- there's more than I can get out of this other than pew pew and. which is fun you know (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) that's why we read sci-fi and fantasy is because it's fun yeah i think that's the other thing that we're trying to promote with periapsis press is that we can have these these values and themes and and worldviews without it being boring or or awkward like general like general Christian fiction has to have a conversion scene. And all, the women, have to, all the women have to be Amish for some odd reason. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I really, I, sorry, go, go ahead. I, I've, I've got, I've, I've got a, I've got a joke in there about my Amish Christian fiction, so I, I won't take it. <laughs> but like um, sci-fi fantasy, you're, you're free from that because there's other genre tropes that you're hitting that tend to be less restrictive so you can present this sort of thing without being awkward and boring. <laughs> yeah. Not, not everything needs uh, the, the, the atheist who doesn't curse to, to either die or, or come to saving faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and savior. Not that we wouldn't want that, but that's not how all stories were. That the, 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 the touchstone again is, reality like we you have to describe an alien that is different or 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 you you set that up for later you're like oh they, we were the aliens all along type deal uh so th- th- there's there's got to be a a a glimmer of of relationship you 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 wouldn't be able to write it apart from the human experience which is ultimately god's story of a fallen world and you know a, a, uh, there, there, there's violence and sex in the world. There's people that might not agree with us. There's, there are people that hear the gospel message and, and might choose to, to further go on the path of destruction. And, and if everyone comes to uh, the gospel message every single time and you're just reading uh, and then everyone lived happily ever after, it's, uh, it's that Twilight Zone episode that I think I've referenced a number of times where uh, the guy is, is always winning the, the car games and he's always getting everything he wants. And he realizes that he's just going to live a life of boringness in heaven. And he goes to the, to the, to the man and goes, you know, I, I need some variety here uh, in heaven. You know, I thought this was paradise. And he's like, oh, who said this was heaven? And you're like, oh, this is mind blown. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, in, 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 uh, in your about page, you say we created a periapsis press to promote our own work and work of others. Very selfish of of you, by the way, (laughs) primarily through positive long form articles, including reviews and thoughtful interviews that cater to readers. So long form reviews tend to focus on kind of just writing craft, uh, you know, uh, how, how to write a book or, uh, um, what, what, um, uh, what words should we stop using? So more focused on the author perspective there, um, which alienates readers because we don't 
understand the craft. I, I like a book, but you know, it's like uh, uh, classical music. I like classical music, but people are like, Oh, here's where the war of 1812 really comes into play on this second stanza. And I'm like, I, I don't, th- you are, it's not even a foreign language. Like it, it I, I know some Klingon and I understand Klingon better than I understand, uh, uh, you know, classical music. So, um, so we don't understand all the things that go into writing it because we've never, we have only been on one side, not on the other, or the reviews are only written kind of by non-authors. So you're the bridge. You're, you're, you've, you're the authors that can write and then you're the readers that can, can bring us along. So why positive reviews? That's not how you get clicks. You get clicks by, by bashing everything. Uh, everything is deconstructed. Um, you can't like anything before, uh, I think six months ago, maybe <laughs> everything else before that's problematic or not inclusive. Um, why, why positive reviews? Uh, again, it goes back to serving readers. Uh, it's my firm belief that negative reviews don't help anybody. Um, if you, I should say, blog reviews. If negative reviews on Amazon can be helpful for like, okay, this book I shouldn't buy. But if you are running a review website and you say, this book was two out of five stars or even three out of five stars. That doesn't help me to decide what to read. It just tells me, okay, you didn't like this one. So maybe I should avoid this one. And I don't really need to do any more reading other than the two out of five stars. (laughs) Um, And negative stuff in general gets more clicks, but uh, I wouldn't say that it necessarily gets more um, like shares I get a lot of people on like on Twitter who really appreciate being able to share something positive. Like everybody can come up with something um, where somebody makes a stupid comment or, um, or is political so they can, you know, everyone, everyone can come up with something like that and share other people's stuff like that. But I think people really are looking for more uh, just feed refresh type stuff. Um, okay. But like I said, my, my focus is mostly on the reader's perspective. I really want people to be able to go on the site and say everything on here is something that that meets a certain level of, of quality and content and I can jump in without necessarily reading the entire long form review. Yeah. I, I think that's really interesting that you, um, you parse it as like the Amazon or, or I, I've really enjoyed more like Goodreads because um, it highlights your friends on there that, that you would be m- most likely to recommend. And I like that they put it at the top. So I, I tend to go there, especially for, theology stuff uh if, if i curtail uh, if i know enough people which is very hard these days uh um for for us uh, uh nerdy people that want to stay uh, stay with books rather than online um uh, finding the negative okay uh maybe put that in the the to read section but not uh right now section but um yeah, one of the things that i like about um, um to, to to build you up well is um I'll, i've i've read enough of your reviews <clears throat> excuse me where you put the, the, the about page or the, the uh, synopsis in there. Uh, and then uh, you, I, I can tell from that the, the very fact that it's on there is that you've enjoyed it. And so if it sounds interesting, I'll stop because uh, I've read enough of your other reviews where I'm like, eh, I don't really care too much about like the, the, um, the, the, the cowboy saga with, um, where there's where there's uh, uh, cowboys and aliens or, or, or sure. something along those lines. Uh, I, I like uh, uh, man with no name type stuff where where uh, he, he has to become the sheriff, but maybe he's not a good sheriff type deal. Uh, but uh, so uh, so I I know to stop reading your review and then go read the book and then come back. So like uh, Drossmeyer of uh, Paul Paul Anderson. I'm I'm not I've not read your review of his because. It's sitting there in my uh, uh, audible uh, a playlist that I'm I'm gonna read next, and then I'll go back and go. All right, what what did what did you get wrong that I that I of course the the, the better of of all things me 
have curtailed. <laughs> well, be sure to comment and let me know what I got wrong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay, I, I'm, I'm trying to be a good reader. I'm trying to, um, I'm, uh, my negative reviews are going to be there to, to warn people. Uh, this is, this is some of the most awful characters. I, I, I've, I've put them out there on Goodreads and, and I've, I'm shocked of, of the people that can read annoying characters for 200 pages or, or British literature uh, where, where you've, you've got me at magic in the Napoleonic Wars. I buy the omnibus that is three volumes. I'm, I'm halfway, th- what, what I think I'm halfway through the first volume. I go and look and I'm too halfway into the second volume and I, I don't understand how this has a TV uh, uh, deal. I don't understand. Oh, well you just don't understand British lit. Yeah. But I understand good literature and I can't believe someone has stopped at book one and continued for two more books. And I'm nothing has happened other than waterships. You promised me magic and Napoleon, of course. I'm sorry. Uh, flashbacks. I'm, I'm trying not to be too negative. So I want to, I want to be a good reviewer from a reader's perspective, what, what can I focus on other than to say, this was good. I liked it. What, what, uh, what, what should I stay away from other than saying good enjoyed? Uh, I liked it. What, what, uh, what are some, uh, themes or what, what are some touch points that I can include in my reviews to help people in a positive way? Uh, as far as Amazon reviews, short reviews on Goodreads, stuff like that. I, I liked it is is enough <laughs> for sure because <laughs> no one really cares they're just seeing the the one stars and the five stars yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah so so Ernest Klein ready player one I'm okay with it at two and I've gotten more negative reviews on Goodreads about my my ready player one and then all of a sudden after the second book comes out all those people seem to also agree with me all of a sudden <laughs> that it wasn't a good book <laughs> uh, things that I try to do with my longer reviews and reviews on other blogger sites that I appreciate is to sort of break down why I liked it. So if a book has a particularly engaging character, I try to talk about that. Um, Sometimes the, the setting is just there and sometimes it's, really, really interesting. And so I would want to dig into it. Um, I think the devil's dictum, uh, Frederick Heimbach, I think it's how you say it. Um, that was like the setting just was amazing. It's just an alternate history type, um, America, but founded by pirates instead of pilgrims. You know, so nice. I, See, I, I'm, I'm sold. That, I'm, I'm sold on that. It, but but you, you need to introduce pirates into America, not two books in. So. Right, right. <laughs> okay. um, so I try and unearth why I like something. And I think that is difficult for, for people because it's so much easier to talk about why something is bad. It just, it comes easily. But to talk about, well, what makes this a good book is a little more complicated and a little more nuanced for, for each individual reader. Gotcha. Um, also on your about page, you say, um, um, I'm kind of pulling these out of order because uh, this is the way I want to talk about them, not how you want to talk about them. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> you say, second, what commentary does exist is largely focused on negative aspects of traditional media rather than positive qualities of indie fiction. Okay, I, I, as, as, a, as a reader, uh, I, I can kind of see, well, you're an indie author. Um, you don't have the, the, the New York Times bestseller, maybe, unless if you're already popular. Um, you may not have, unless if you've built up a giant audience, um, you're not going to be able to put up a splash page and just sell to your readers. So what, what, are the, what are the struggles that indie authors have? And I guess do... Do the books that you read, uh, the, the the Christian indie authors, um, or 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 people that you're you you want to focus on, what what I guess further struggles or what additional struggles might they have? Sure, uh, marketing is the big one, I think, because with traditional media, there is a 
a platform already there. There is a guarantee you're going to have physical copies in physical bookstores, um, which has been less important <laughs> the last couple years. But um, what is a major factor in uh, grabbing browsers? People who are walking through the store um, and they see your nice book with your nice cover right there on the shelf next to Tolkien or whoever, you know. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a support system there that goes uh, deeper and grabs people who are who are casual um, and the one of the I think probably the biggest problem for indies is it's very very difficult to show up in searches because there's just so much crap <laughs> um, <laughs> right. you know erotica and um that that genre <laughs> just crowds everything out in fantasy sci-fi because people people buy that and then you have to then your your book gets shuffled farther down um, and then there's uh, just poor quality stuff because it's so accessible people who um, who want to be writers and um, don't have either the resources or or the inclination to get an editor or a um, don't have um, their own ability to pick out like odd wording and stuff and poor formatting. All of those things uh, contribute to a what what people call a stigma against indie authors. It's really not a stigma against indie authors or, or self-publishing so much as it is just the truth. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. The, the, the barrier of entry, it's like Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. We wouldn't be hearing from, we wouldn't be hearing from us. We definitely wouldn't be hearing from the, the, the fringer people, but everyone has the same platform. Everyone has a voice. And sometimes that's not always the best right <laughs> especially as a consumer yeah so yeah. The, the the problems with traditional media is the gatekeeping on the other hand so on the one like the indie publishing there's nothing that's keeping whoever wants to even if they have just like a third grade level like in english publish their book with traditional media, the the gatekeeping is it is there, and it it guarantees a level of quality because their editors have done the work making sure everything's polished, um, and they they have their cover artists and everything looks great. Um, but the the problem is twofold. One is that they gatekeeps stuff out like um, um, Christian worldviews, books that have explicitly Christian characters. There's not um, a lot of indie books. They don't fit perfectly in a genre that would then be marketable. So they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be chosen. Yeah. Um, the other is that they polish out a lot of the interesting elements of stuff. Um, one thing, when I first started reading more indie literature, was that I realized that the story beats didn't always land the way that I expected them to from reading traditional media. Um, there is a, <laughs> a sense in which traditionally published books have been pre-chewed for you and you are just eating paste. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it goes down very, very smoothly, but a lot of the interesting elements have been scrubbed out as a result as well. Yeah. I, I'm, um, 
I, unfortunately, I'll, I'll have to go back to Ernest Klein's second novel, where you, you've you saw you saw the audience speak to him, and then he wrote that book, and the 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 worst parts of the first book uh, came out more, and so there's more a focus of well, why aren't there this many number of representations? And he's like, oh, okay, I'll put I'll put that in there, and everything seems so washed over and the the problematic uh portions that made his character the spunky young kid that's just the author in an 18 year old body uh you know set in the future of this world uh came out like you know i I could get past the okay he's an atheist and he doesn't he really hates his uh, every every christian except for the old lady that gives him food underneath him but uh but it, it became even worse because that's what has been uh, the, the the message has been preached from on high, and that's what it must conform to. Yeah. So, you, so you lose the uh, he was he was maybe an interesting character uh, who did feats unhuman, uh, like memorizing fleets of fiction that uh, no one could ever possibly do, no no matter if you had a billion dollars or not. But, uh, yeah. So uh, I just had a lot of problems. With that <laughs> um. So uh. So then. What what then are the positive aspects? What why why? Uh, so I'm I'm uh, um, I understand I might have to spend a, a couple bucks on an editor. Uh, what what are the positive aspects that I can have uh, becoming an indie author or or being able to um, to share my message of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ with uh, Martians from the year uh, six thousand? So there's a lot of freedom. And, and uh, creative control, for sure. You, if you have a story like that, you're going to have trouble getting it in front of readers because of the heavy gatekeeping and in traditional media. Um, so if you are willing to put in work, and there's, there is more work as an author, um, you, but you can have that uh, pure creativity that is, is not, has not been um, filed down or, or scrubbed out um, and put that in front of people. Um, and you can also um, have a more uh, personal connection with some of your readers. A lot of people are, because they're in charge of their own marketing, um, are able to have relationships with people who like the same things they do, right? Because they are presenting a, a project they've worked on that you have to like what you're doing. <laughs> um, so there's a, there's more support there, I feel. Um, and, and of course, there's middle grounds too, right? There's small publishers um, who whose values are going to align more with yours and stuff like that. So, um, I think probably the biggest thing is the creative control for, for at least this group that we're talking about, because, um, like a, a, a traditional Christian publisher is going to push for what they see as their reader expectations, as far as Christian books, and, uh, so that's interesting. That that's even that's even a uh, uh, a gatekeeping aspect that will harm uh, authors and readers because there's a a sense where they know their audience, and so I want to publish with Zondervan. I think good or bad about Zondervan, but uh, uh, maybe they won't take uh, this message of uh, positive husband relation uh, husband wife relationships in a book where. Yeah. Uh, hey, guess what? When people are married, uh, things might happen where th- they might not always fight and get divorced. There, there might be some positive aspects to it. Yeah. I think specifically I'm reading. I'm just not anything against that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that goes, it sort of goes back to that, uh, that diversity of thematic uh, um, expression too, because when you have a Christian publisher, they are, they're looking for specific messages too. Um, mm. Specific types of characters. They want a certain level of, of romance, say. 
um, that appeals to their their group. Uh, if you are a Christian author and say you have a a sex scene that is important to the story and important to the thematic message, they might not touch it, even even though you're not. Um, promoting a heinous lifestyle using that scene. <laughs> um, yeah. If you... D- d- descriptive over titillating. Right, right. Yeah. If you yeah. have that kind of content, it it might be difficult to get that published at all because you have both the, the Christian characters, Christian worldview, and um, a an unsavory bit that maybe people would rather not. Yeah. Um, what, what, one of the things that I, I think too, uh, just comparing and contrasting is, and I, I think it was a couple years ago and it was either, it was either like the Neptune awards or the Hugo awards or something like that. Um, I, I feel like more traditional uh, current traditional sci-fi routes or fantasy. Um, I feel a lot of hatred from the author as a reader uh, against me and as a, as a white male, I am definitely the most persecuted of all peoples. Uh, but, but I just feel like I'm, I'm reading, I'm reading an author who hates me rather than someone who wants to tell me a story. And, uh, from that, uh, award show, uh, a gal was, uh, given the best author or whatever. And she spent the majority of her time complaining about how, uh, no one like her could get into the industry that she is and, and, and she couldn't get her stuff published and no one that looked like her was, was able to rise to the level as she's receiving an award. Uh, it was uh, dissidence, uh, cognitive dissidence right there. But, uh, but I feel like at least if I'm reading a bad indie book, uh, which, which I've, I've, I've uh, exchanged reviews for uh, like audible credits so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do my part for the Indian crowd um, and, tr- and I'm, I'm trying not to be too negative uh, uh, is that they're at least writing a story for me to read rather than uh, I, I want, I want them to, to beat me overhead with a message, but I want it to be their message that they are, are free to write, not uh, the, the pasty message. Yes. Yes. And I think indie authors tend to be freer to do that. There is a real sense that these people, they're not, these, these authors are not looking to have a platform for their, their particular victimhood, (laughs) Uh, but are, but are looking to share an entertaining story. Uh, even if it's um, the sort of gimmicky, um, like um, Adam Lane Smith has a book called Burrito Avenger. Like, it, <laughs> they're just fun, right? Like, people want things to be fun. And if there is a thematic message to the story, then people aren't going to get to it if if the story isn't entertaining. Um, in your about page, you say that uh, it can be difficult for readers to find good books with science fiction fantasy genres due to muddled search results from Amazon Goodreads list that always feature the same popular books and book blogs that uh, most uh, that post more about uh, the, the 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 big pile of books to read. Uh, the reading challenges than uh, actual books that they enjoyed. Um, with indie fiction, so with Christian fiction, I appreciate the uh, Amish uh, women folk on the cover because I know never to read any of those books ever. I, I appreciate that. So I, I, I want to read Christian fiction. I want I want a gospel message mixed in there, and even maybe I want to read a romance film or a, a novel. I'm okay with that. I'm I'm a 21st century uh, man's man who uh, who wants to cry at a good love scene, but uh, um, I, I I never want to read anything because it just seems like it's oversaturated 
garbage that you couldn't, I, I don't know what, what story you could get out of that where all those books have to exist. Okay. So that's my knock against Christian fiction in general, but indie fiction seems to lie by either cover or description. So they usually have uh, a, a great cover, but their story is garbage or it's an MS paint cover with a description that sounds really good, but that that barrier for entry is I I have to with with the barrier for entry for any indie film any indie book I I have to judge a book by its cover and the description that that author is coming up with it's not a third party publisher that's like here's the here's the things that will en- enrapture your imagination as you read this so I get stuck on relying either of those two what can I do what how can I how can I best other than to go to Periapsis Press but you haven't read everything, unfortunately. I'm very disappointed in you. How dare you have children and a life? But I appreciate the ones that you do have on there because even the ones that I don't want to read, I've enjoyed. I've, I, I'm going to build you up. I, I've enjoyed uh, reading every review that you posted because um, because you take it from uh, my perspective of, okay, I might, not, I might not like gambling, but I understand people who uh, enjoy gambling. I might not like people that read... Um, urban fantasy, but I, I appreciate people that enjoy that. So, you know, they're, they're like my people. I have to enjoy it. But what can I do when I come to the sea of covers and I, I, I have to, I have to pick one, the MS paint one where with the story that sounds good, but I don't, I don't see, I don't, I don't see the effort you put into the cover, but also that cover I've seen on Pixabay and I'm pretty sure you've 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 gotten the your your font uh, uh, just perfect, and I'm 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 scared. Like uh, your husband has a brilliant cover and a brilliant description. I'm definitely going to check out his books because they're so good. And uh, I've I've read your stuff, so I'm assuming that you've you've had a, 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 a maybe a small hand in in helping him out. Well, thank you. I'll pass along <laughs> the compliment. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a tough one for sure because uh, covers cost money. So uh, an author with a good cover has spent the money to get it or has been uh, blessed with the time and ability to craft it themselves. Um, But you don't want to dismiss out of hand a good book just because it has a bad cover. Yeah, totally. I've, 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 I put all my reviews on Goodreads. I'll, I'll put my links. Um, mine are non-spoiler and I have, I, I try and do a positive and maybe one negative to say like, oh, I didn't really like this, but, uh, but, but all, all the books that I've ever read for uh, the audiobook book uh, uh, group that I'm a part of, um, I've been honest and I've, 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 I've understood where they're coming from as authors as people <laughs> yeah and i think that is the key is reviews uh, which again is one of the things that all of my indie author friends harp on they're always begging people to leave reviews but that's how you decide between the book with the great cover and the and the suboptimal blurb or the great blurb with the suboptimal cover is <laughs> you check out the reviews and you see people who say, oh, this is a really good book, or like, I couldn't read past page two. So I would say there's nothing you can really do about picking and choosing without those. So to be intentional as a reader about going back once you have finished with a book, whether that's on page two or the end, (laughs) Um, (laughs) and leading a review really helps other readers make that decision. Gotcha. Okay. So there is a place for the short reviews from plebes like myself who, who are okay using the words, I like this. Yes. I didn't <laughs> like this. Okay, good. Good. I, I still have a job. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, kind of coming down to uh, the end of our interview here, which I've thoroughly enjoyed Thank you for letting me talk at you, and hopefully uh, you've gotten a few words in edgewise. Um, I don't know if this is proper of me, but could you tell me some of your favorite books that you've reviewed uh, that we should go check out? 
Oh, I... Or is that not proper? And you, you just want to tell me your top three favorite time travel movies that are set in the future where they go back in time, but not so far back in time where dinosaurs exist. So. <laughs> uh, it's hard because I do like all of the books that I've reviewed. Perfect. Um, probably some of the ones that I've actually mentioned because they, they stick in my head, right? Um, obviously... I did like my husband's books. So well, good. good. <laughs> All right. Now that he's left the room, uh, now you can say they, they were fine. <laughs> um, so that would be Uriel's Revenge and The Fountain Mechanism, which is the sequel. Um, and those are science fiction a little bit harder um, as far as the mechanisms, the mechanics of how stuff works. Um, space with demons is one of the things he says. You know, sold, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, the Devil's Dictum. I really liked that one. That's the, the Pirates Founding America one. It's already on the list. <laughs> <laughs> um, TJ Markey's stuff, um, his Heroes Metal series, he just released his sequel. They are inspired by heavy metal music, so they have... Uh, a real, a real push and drive to them. Um, oh, there's so many good ones. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely go to Periapsis Press, and if you see a yes, book, you, you, you might not have um, fully agreed with everything, but you, you, coming from your perspective, a Christian worldview, it, you've you've filtered it in, you've you've understood uh, that uh, all stories are God's stories, even the ones that we don't like reflect. Uh, the nature of the author or the nature of humanity. Hopefully uh, that's what we're, we're bringing in. Even with poetry, we're trying to, to, uh, to, to market a feeling uh, in, in the words that we use, but, uh, but the ones that are on that page, you've, you've enjoyed and found uh, to be of, of worth and benefit for not only our money, because you know, what's, what's six bucks when you have a good book, I, you know, I, I bought Ender's Game for three bucks and that thing fell apart. I've read it so many times, um, but, uh, but also our time. And I, I, so I can watch bad movies. I love bad movies. The, 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 it can't be boring, right? Like it, it, it has to be the worst, like bad sci-fi, bad acting. Love it. I can do that. I can't do that with a book because I feel like that's, that's time that I put in, not just reading the, the page, but I want to, I want to be there. And, um, I just read a really good book on reading uh, called uh, The Lost Art of Reading or something like that. I just put a review out. I'll link it here as well, um, where they say uh, a good book uh, lets you escape, but it doesn't lead to escapism. So like Harry Potter, I don't want to live in that world. And I've not read Harry Potter. I don't really care. Um, (laughs) It's just who I am. Uh, But there are people that want to live in that world to the point where it becomes obsession but then there are people that enjoy that. And um, we could even say that about Tolkien. I'm not saying uh, you, uh, 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 the, the devil's going to take you if you read Harry Potter, but I guess it's okay when, when Tolkien and Lewis do it. But uh, that, that's another uh, inside baseball uh, 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 Christian uh, fiction story. Um, but, uh, but that we're, we're, uh, we're wanting to put our ourselves in that story and use our imagination, which seems like, a more daunting task than images being projected on a screen where I'm, I, I tend to be more passive and I can check my phone. I can't do that when I'm reading my book. Yeah. Reading is a more time heavy investment and not just, not just of time, but of mental energy and which they've been telling me since I was a kid, you know, <laughs> you should go read a book instead of watching them TV all the time. Yeah. Um, But with a book, it's easy to invest a large amount of your time before you realize that something's not going anywhere or it's going somewhere that you don't agree with or, or want to go along with. Yeah. And, and, and at the 18th reading of Hop on Pop, it, it's nice to pick up something where um, uh, time travelers from the future come and give AK-47s to the Confederacy and I have to throw the book at the description of them on the White House lawn and Abraham Lincoln has to surrender. 
if I throw the book, I, I, I it took me through. So that's uh, um, Harry Turtle Doves, Guns of the South. I threw the book and I was like, if it made me react that strongly, I have to finish it. So, so yeah. Um, but he has uh, some other good ones. And uh, that's my, that's my path of alternate fiction is uh, uh, aliens during World War II. Uh, d- tell me no more. Give me the first book. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm there. So so pirates in America, uh, yeah, t- totally. <laughs> Demons in space. I mean, I mean, absolutely. So, well, Katie, thank you very very much for uh, indulging me and 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 talking sci-fi with me. Uh, I, I I feel I feel uh, connected. I, I don't feel ostracized. I'm not under the stairs. Uh, uh, well, I mean, I guess technically I'm because I'm in my basement. But uh, but uh, I, I appreciate. Uh, other people that uh, enjoy the the genres as uh, as much as I do. So uh, thank you, and um, Periapsis Press. Um, I'll, I'll I'll get to all your other reviews as soon as you stop recommending really good books, and I can finish your reviews and and that. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Well, thank you everyone for joining us, and uh, we'll continue uh, back with our our book and figure out uh, uh, what place evil has, and maybe as you're reading your next fiction book. Uh, you can um, have a good touch point on uh, why so many people uh, seem to focus on evil, violence, sex in, uh, in their fiction. Uh, it's because all stories are ultimately God stories. So thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time.